Hello and welcome to the Grow CFO Show. I'm your host, Kevin Appleby, and today I've got Andrew Waters with me from Xander, and we're going to talk about the difficulties of becoming a CFO. So welcome to the show, Andrew. Hi, Kevin. Andrew, can you tell me a little bit about how you're involved in uh, taking people on the journey from uh, being a head of finance or something like that to to getting that first CFO role? Yeah, sure. I mean, my my background um, for the last 15 plus years has been in finance search. So um, essentially, um, I support um, founders, CEOs, VCs, investors, chairmen in identifying uh, their next finance director or CFO. Um, and earlier on in that career, uh, a, a great deal of um, that time was spent in supporting CFOs with key hires below. So whether that be a divisional finance director, a head of finance, a financial controller, a head of FP&A. Um, and ultimately, I've always been you know, you know, super passionate about supporting individuals that are ambitious to become a CFO. It's such a milestone. Um, you know, every, everyone that I've ever worked with that's a CFO remembers their first FD CFO opportunity and how they got it. And um, it's just such a, it's, it's kind of their Everest, I suppose, when you, you've qualified through um, you know, your ACA or SEMA or ACCA and, and you're developing your career. It's always been the goal. So um, the link with, with Dan and Grow CFO to help um, form something around that journey has been you know, really valuable over the last few months. What, what do you see as the big challenges that are facing those folk wanting to make the leap to CFO? I think there's, there's quite a few challenges in all honesty. I think um, people, when they look to hire a CFO, they, they generally want someone who has done that role before because there's some nervousness around elements of the role that an individual stepping up hasn't done. Um, those elements, um, you know, could be anything from um, being a, a proper partner to a to a founder or a CEO and a, a true number, you know, kind of business partner to to the founder, um, or being a board mem- member, um, or the ability to lead an investment round, or to be confident in presenting how the business is doing to the investment community. Um, the key, the key, one of the also key challenges for someone stepping into a CFO role is you've got to prove your commercial awareness. It's not just a reporting um, leadership role. It's about influencing the strategic direction of the business. And what you have as a new CFO um, is you've got to be able to influence the board. And that board and the CEO or the MD are likely to have more years experience in that specific industry sector. And therefore, your ability to influence the strategy is going to be tricky because you've got to demonstrate your commercial awareness um, against or in partnership with individuals that have got a lot more experience in that particular sector. If you take biotech or you take um, you know, a marketplace, for instance, someone who's been in a marketplace as a CEO for 15 years or 10 years and a CFO is coming in and doesn't have many years of experience of that. They just don't know um, all of the parameters around the product, the international growth opportunities, the competitor landscape, um, essentially the helicopter view of that sector. Um, and they need to hit the ground running as quickly as possible with that helicopter view, holistic view of the industry sector 
to understand the strengths, opportunities, etc., to then utilize the data to influence the business. And that's a big hurdle for anyone stepping into their first CFO role. Oh, it, it really does sound as though this is a, a tough challenge because you've and an awful lot of the folks that I've seen joining Grow CFO have had a route that's come up through probably qualified a, in a practice, possibly one of the big four, did a financial controller role, moved on to being head of finance, all very, very much back office. But you're saying that that step to CFO, you've all, most companies are looking for somebody who's done it already. Well, there's got to be a first time for everybody. So how, how would somebody who's sitting there as head of finance right now go about getting that first CFO role? Because it sounds as though the, the leap you've got to make is enormous. It, there's, there's, a, there's a few avenues. Um, I think depending on the size of organisation you're in, there's an opportunity to gain a really strong breadth of experience across FP&A, you know, strategic business partnering, um, divisional finance director or divisional head of finance roles um, and the group controller role. So within a FTSE business or a large private equity backed business, there is an opportunity to build a journey in a business by delivering and working hard and, and um, being ambitious. Um, and building the relevant relationships to gain enough internal promotions that you are doing a divisional finance director role. And that in all intents and purposes means you'll be partnering with a CEO or divisional CEO or divisional MD. And that would enable you to you know, move externally to a CFO role in my opinion, if it's the same industry sector. There's also the internal opportunity within a large business that if the CFO rates this divisional, C divisional finance director or divisional CFO very well, very highly, then there's the internal opportunity for that progression. So I think in a, you know, in a larger corporate business, there's a journey individuals can go through if they're ambitious and, and are committed and have the relevant um, commitment and skill set to develop to internally get a CFO role, get to a stage that they're a divisional FD, that then they can externally get a role outside of that organization as a CFO level. In a smaller business, um, hopefully a smaller growth business, um, I essentially believe that you need to um, work your way up to a number two to the CFO where you have both controllership and FP&A below you. Um, and the way that you deal with that FP&A process and utilize the data and, and the evolving role of finance where data is becoming you know, increasingly important. Um, the, the job there is to prove that you are a very, very strong, capable, broad group financial controller or number two to a CFO in a growth business or, or a SME business. So that again, you've got the same internal and external opportunities. The external opportunities see that you've been across all the detail, the CFO has been supportive in your development. So you've had some exposure to fundraising or M&A or transactions. And therefore, um, if it, again, if it's a similar industry sector, so you bring that commercial awareness, you can get that first CFO role. Or likewise, the CFO you're supporting sees you as a natural successor, should they want to go on to a new venture themselves or retire or move up to the CEO role. Um, the key, I think, in an SME business is getting that broad number two role to a CFO. Um, so it's kind of stepping stones in both avenues to, to increase your 
your ratio or your percentages of gaining the internal CFO role or an external CFO role? We've talked about loads of different skills there, Andrew. We've, we've talked about the, the knowledge of, of transactions. We've talked about the commercial awareness part. We've talked about strategy development and quite a few other bits and pieces. Now, when you're looking to place somebody for the first time, as a CFO, uh, would you expect them to have all of those skills developed or would just some of them be be in place? It's, it's again, very dependent on each search. So um, depending on the, the, the backing of the business, whether it's FTSE or private equity or VC backed, depending on um, the CEO's background. So it may be that the CEO has previously been a you know a chartered accountant and done this, you know a, a role as a CFO maybe was the CFO of that business before. Therefore, you will want different strengths in different areas. So you know obviously within the CFO role, there's a you know a broad set of skills and experience that you need, and that role as a CFO is evolving. You know, ten years ago, it was the the evolution of the CFO role to, to include a lot of operational elements and the CFO COO became very popular in, in small or medium growth businesses. What we're seeing now, in my opinion, is the role of data and the way that data plays a key role in the CFO position. And I would see in five years time that a CFO will have a head of business intelligence and data scientists below them, not just FP&A and controllership roles. So the CFO role is, is constantly evolving. The CFO skill set across skills and experience is very broad um, and you'll need to lean on certain strengths and experiences depending on each each search. So depending on the CEO's background, depending on the industry sector, depending on the investment of the business. So if it's a high growth private equity backed business um where there's a really good group controller who's technically strong and there's a CEO who has never been a you know uh, you know uh, never been a CFO before? Then you'd want a CFO who's very strong on transactions, very strong on buy and build, may have come from a corporate finance background, very strong on the analytical FP&A data elements around um, and the commercial awareness elements around the valuation of this business, um, and also is comfortable presenting back to the private equity firm um, as well as much as the CEO. Um, take that um, where you know you've got the flip and you've got a, a CEO who has been a CFO before comes from an investment banking background has raised finance um, and is dealing with all the investor community but has got no technical uh, awareness up-to-date technical knowledge isn't ACA there and there's no you know strong group control or something then you're probably looking for a you know, a CFO who does have a very good kind of best in class finance model where they can build a best in class finance function across controllership and FP&A to support the business and the CEO who is probably leading more on the M&A and strategy um, side of things. That's, that's good to know that the, the skills required kind of vary from role to role. So some roles will look for deep strengths in data. Other roles will look for deep strengths in transactions. Other roles will look for deep strengths in operations, depending what's already there in the organization. Um, 
I suppose there's a there's an elephant in the room at the moment that we've we've come through a, a COVID crisis. We're hearing lots of things on the news every day about the the job market. Andrew, what what's the market actually looking like at the moment in those senior finance roles? Is the is it a good market or is it is the bad market? It's it, it's it's a it's a really interesting it's a really interesting time. Um, you know, clearly mid-March, April, May, June, Jul- yeah, maybe July, um, the, there were no, there was pretty much no, no movement whatsoever. So, you know, positions that were interviewing um, at latter stages or early stages were cancelled. The pipeline of opportunities and, and job opportunities that, that were lined up for May, you know, June, July were, were cancelled. Um, so it was, it was a pretty bleak kind of four or five months, um, which was which is the same for you know many many you know, industry sectors. Um, but it's significantly improved. We've had a you know it's the number of um, the roles and CFO roles and senior finance roles and also um, you know, key key board hires uh, have significantly increased in September and and you know and August as well. I'd say August was. You know, July, August is, is probably the, the slowest months of the year, you know, um, outside of you know, the current circumstances. You take a core financial year, you know, key decision makers enjoy their proper you know, kind of summer holidays with their families. And, and therefore, there's a, a slowing down of the interview process and then things pick up again September. September. Um, in a non-pandemic type environment, the busiest periods are probably September, October, November and they're probably you know february march and then may june um kind of outside of the core holiday season so september and august august is probably better this year than than previous years and Mm -hmm. september is probably you know on a par with a normal september if not slightly better i think partly because there was a, a pipeline of people that, that wanted to recruit um, and put things on hold. And then maybe there was a, you know, a glimmer of light that September was, you know, we, we kind of, the COVID piece has been such an evolution, hasn't it? You've got ups and downs and you, you just never, it's the gift that keeps giving, but you just, um, not sure what's going to happen at any stage, really. You, know, you need to keep us all on our toes. And it's no surprise to me that the market was was absolutely dead in April, May and June. And I suppose that's it's natural that it's coming back now, that some of those things that were going to happen in April, May and June, folk are now getting enough confidence to say, right, it's September, October. Let's now make that happen. Be interesting to see what happens once those have come through the system and, and what's going on around Christmas yeah. time. I agree. I agree. I think um, that there's a lot of um, there is a lot of um, liquidity in the market. You know, there's a lot of venture capital firms and private equity firms that have got capital that needs to be deployed. And there's a lot of businesses that have benefited from a technology, you know, as a technology business that's benefited from the pandemic and it's been an accelerator to their business. Um, so there's definitely going to be recruitment there's definitely going to be a requirement of cfos chairs nets you know, group controllers um because of of the way that you know with the future fund that the government's you know, kind of matched and vc and private equity funding and also some of the growth sectors but uh, until i don't know 
late spring next year, I'm not sure we're going to have an accurate picture of, of what's actually going on. Interesting. But we, we've kept you busy while you, you were quiet on the recruitment front, haven't we, Andrew? We've, we've been kicking off the future CFO programme in Grow CFO. Um, what was the thinking behind that originally back in the, the early part of the year, Andrew? It's, it's been perfect for me, actually, to keep me out of trouble because um, obviously I've had less um, less recruitment to do. Um, so it's been perfect timing. Sorry, what did you say there? That even the golf course was shut for a while. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a shocker. Yeah, it was funny, actually, because right at the beginning of the year, um, we had loads of rain and the golf course was, was shut. And then lockdown hits, sun comes out. I go to the golf course and they've they've holotined every green fairway. So there's nothing you can do for a month. So it was like perfect playing conditions, but they did reopen. So um, that was OK. But um, yeah, Dan and I, you know, uh, got talking. Um, I've known Dan for a little while and obviously, you know, he's got an incredible uh, network and background of, of supporting, you know, businesses with their growth strategies and also CFOs in their journey. Um, so I think we were talking January, February around launching the cohort program. And then it just so happened to co coincide with, you know, March. I think we'd launched maybe the first couple before COVID hit, but it's been amazing to dedicate more time to it than I, I guess we perhaps were planning to initially. You've mentioned the cohort program there, Andrew. Can you explain what that is for, for listeners that haven't heard about it so far? Yeah, sure. So essentially what we do is we build um, cohorts of 10 or 12 individuals that are either first time CFOs or future CFOs. So I've got ambitions to be a CFO in one, two, three, four years time. And um, they, you know, you know, what we do, I guess, within that cohort is trying to build a cohort of people with different backgrounds. So you've got someone from investment banking or private equity or strategy, um, or you've got people from a group controllership, technical or FP&A focused or are doing an FD role in a broad capacity at the moment. And we essentially work through a CFO toolkit that's been designed by, well, Dan pre predominantly in conjunction with myself and, you know, hundreds, thousands of chairman, investors, CEOs, CFOs we know. And, um, Ultimately, we've designed the CFO toolkit to represent all of the skills and experiences that people look for when they hire a CFO. Um, and we work through that toolkit in a cohort program so that individuals can assess where they are, strengths and development areas. And we can build the program around working on their development areas to round them out, to be more ready for that CFO opportunity um, to get it, but also when they start it. Okay, now there's there are other resources behind that. There's the we're talking about the cohort program where people are working in groups of maybe ten individuals, but as well as that, we've we've replicated a lot of the material online in the Grow CFO Learning Center that Grow CFO Premium members can go into and they can work through a lot of material in their own time, and I think the two together. To have the online material and work in a cohort is a, a really, really powerful thing. And Andrew, a cohort program, how long does it run for? 
So the, the cohort program, what we're trying to do with it is, it, 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 so it's, it takes people on a journey and enables people at different stages on that journey to be ready and to maximize on, on their abilities. So it's a 12 month program. Um, ultimately, we, we know people have got busy lives with family and work. So it's one, two, maximum three hours a month type commitment. Um, and with the mixture of online and cohort um, kind of sessions, it enables individuals to do it around their diaries. Um, and it doesn't need to be a you know defined time each month that 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 affects their month end or year end process. So ultimately, you know, there's a number of sessions in in your cohort, so that you get to know your members and you get to learn off your members from different skill sets and backgrounds. Um, but a lot of the other group sessions are with CFO mentors or functional specialists in the areas of transactions or FPNA or leadership, and those sessions will be recorded and also. It could be evening sessions um, around outside of core hours. Um, so that and the online training program, which is you know, containing loads of, you know, kind of articles, programs and videos can be done as and when you wish to a certain degree. Um, so you can work your way through that and, and, and plan accordingly. So that's the program kind of split into three sections and you've you've covered an awful lot about the first section which is way the biggest which is looking at the the skills you need looking at creating your own development plan in there and delving deep into I think you've identified about 10 different skills areas that you can work on within there and that's probably around the first six months or so of the program but beyond that, we're going into other stuff, aren't we? We're, we're looking at how do you make yourself C-suite ready in building your brand and growing your network? And what about actually winning that job and taking over the finance function? Um, so where, where have we got to? And this, this really only launched in February, March this year. So... I, I'm guessing, Andrew, so far we haven't got a cohort programme that's gone very far into those second two areas. Yeah, I think that um, what we're trying to do, you know, once you've established your career development areas, um, we've built, as I said, CFOs who are particularly strong in that area or experienced in that area or functional specialists on on the topic of tech advocate, for instance. And... Um, those um, sessions uh, you know, with Q&A enable individuals to get better insight into the areas where they're looking to develop. And then the online training course also enables them to do that. But it's more than that when you want to get a CFO role and want to make a success of a CFO role because there's such a softer, you know, kind of emotional intelligence process element to securing the role and making it a success. So, you know, obviously, you know, with my background, um, helping individuals to maximize the chances of gaining that internal promotion to a CFO role is something that I feel very confident that I can do. Um, and there's key things that you can do to help yourself do that. Um, but likewise, how you present yourself, I guess, from a CV or LinkedIn profile to get most traction and interest in your profile for an external search to a CFO role is also you know, really important. I know you're you're a LinkedIn whiz as well, but the power of your brand um, in the social media or in this you know, modern kind of environment um, 
to make sure that you are approached for these great opportunities is, is a really important thing. But then also from an interview process and how you communicate your experience and your strengths and how you tailor your approach for different interviews, whether that be the PE firm, whether that be the chairman, whether that be some colleagues, whether it be a sales director, you know, all of that needs to evolve. Um, so, you know, the interview technique and the process is really, is really, really important. But then also, you know, how, how do you, how do you become board ready? How do you become able to influence the, the board and how do you approach that? Um, and, and that is, you know, obviously with a hundred day plan around after you've landed your CFO role is a lot around the emotional intelligence of the board members and what are their personality types, what color would they be if it was a, you know, a strengths finder or a Myers-Briggs, how should I approach each of those, how should I approach the COO, the chief marketing officer, the CEO with the data, in my opinion, differently. Um, it's, it's a big job. It's a big, big job, that, that CFO role. You get all of the data feeds into the business, in and out, that anybody else in the business gets. You're in as a privileged situation as a CEO. Um, so you, you're trying to balance a lot of things. And to make it a success, you've got to keep evolving and dedicating time for your own development. And it, it certainly is a, a challenging area. And I, I think the, the one that I'm looking forward most to working on here is, is actually module nine. The, 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 we've got nine modules in all over the 12 months. And module nine is all about that first 100 days in the new job. And that's, that's a module that I'm, I'm personally going to be quite involved in when, when we, we get there, which won't be very long now. Because that's first 100 days, as you say. There's, there's an awful lot of soft skills in there. How do you go and get to know all of these new board members around you? How do you become their trusted friend? How do you get them to tell you their business problems? How do you feed those awkward messages to them? Because every one of them is going to have a different style. And I think actually having you on board, Andrew, as well, is, is quite interesting. It's okay. As we know, your background is... Xander recruitment agency but the fact that you're going in and actually helping people not get that necessarily external CFO role but how do you secure the internal promotion I think that's that's a really interesting place to play I think I think um I'm I'm so excited for each individual when they land their first CFO role and the internal opportunity is a really great opportunity because one of the the hurdles is commercial awareness and knowledge of the industry sector and the business and clearly if you've operated as a strong number two or a divisional finance director that hurdle doesn't need to be there but what is there sometimes i believe with a number two or a divisional finance director is that imposter syndrome that element of am i actually ready for the number one role and sometimes it's a just you know some reassurance of of the excellence that you you've delivered over your highest in that organization and how you present yourself differently to be credible as a cfo and be seen as a cfo it needs to be a gradual thing it can't be something you can turn on overnight but you've got to be aware of it and committed to change your style over a 12 month period if you think there is a chance that the cfo role will come up internally um, 
you probably, you know, depending on your personality type, you you know, if you are you very collaborative, life and soul of the party, you you probably need to be a bit more hard-nosed. You probably need to upset people a bit more. You need to be making more business savvy decisions. Um, likewise, if you're more insular and you're more technically focused, but you've got all of the ability to be the CFO, if you lean on it over a 12 month period and maybe you need to be more, you know, communicative, collaborative and more, you know, build those relationships to be a bit more social, they're quite small things. Um, but you've got to be aware of what you can change in 12 months before an internal promotion opportunity is there. And sometimes there'll be people in head of finance roles in a small business that you're worried that they're going to recruit a CFO above you as the business scales. But you've got a 12 month, 18 month window to prove yourself to get the FD job title to then get the CFO job title. And you're in position A as long as you approach it in the right way. In, in my opinion, I think that it is achievable. Brilliant, brilliant. And I'm conscious that we're getting towards the end of the, the show here, Andrew. And probably what we ought to say is, look, if what we've been talking about around the cohort program really appeals to you, drop over to growcfo.net and you can find the, the cohort program under our, our training programs item on the menu bar. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But the, the nice thing about the, the cohort program is it's absolutely free. Um, there's a form to fill in to apply for the program because we, we simply want to make sure that the right people are coming through. It's, it's twofold. Number one is um, we want to make sure that you look as though you're the sort of person who is going to be ready for a CFO role in, next, in the next couple of years. And we also want to use the information you give us to, to match people together in cohort groups so we get the, that balance of different people in there. And at the moment, we've got a cohort group of 10 to 12 people kicking off every single week. Um, I think the only week that we've missed lately was uh, August Bank Holiday Week when there was quite a few people that were on last minute leave and the summer holidays. But now we've we've certainly kicked off one every week for at least the last six weeks, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, in terms of the interest, I think um, when I when Dan and I discussed it, I was I was um, pretty confident it would be once a month thing and that it wouldn't be. Uh, feasible to get you know, the, the the interest or the quality and the breadth of experience in each cohort to make it weekly but um i'm pleased to say so far i've been proved wrong which is great um but it's just yeah it's so important to to get the different skill sets there um I, yeah and therefore um everyone can can lean off each other because it might be that you know you three months later you're put into a situation that you didn't expect you've been given a project to run or you know implement a new finance system and you just know that in your cohort group there was a tech advocate presentation led by someone who's done this five six times um and and people can lean off each other within the cohort as well as using the online training and and the you know the cfo mentors and, and functional specialists so um yeah it's been it's been really really good yeah. And yesterday I put out the, the weekly Grow CFO newsletter to uh, total 
2000 plus membership and the purpose of that's just to, to highlight the things that are going on in the next week and oh i'll drop a link into this week's cohort program i think there are some spaces left went across to the booking system and saw one space left for for this week uh so i thought well yeah better put a link to next week's as well um and then discovered there's only three three or four spaces left in next week's so those are really really filling up fast i remember first when we decided to move to weekly Dan was running around pulling his hair out a little bit, thinking, how am I going to fill this up? But now it's they're, they're just becoming so popular that I think before very long, we're going to be turning people away. Well, I think um, the most important thing is that, that individuals get what they need to get from it. Yeah. And um, if that means there's a, there's a, yeah, there is a weight to get on and it's a you book a month in advance it's not it's not the end of the world in my opinion um but you've got to keep um yeah it needs to be i, I know one of the things that we're, we're discussing is is having a, a cohort program for first-time cfos and having two two separate cohorts so there's a first-time cfo cohort and then there's a future cfo cohort which will also then make sure that the the relevant levels are are relevant so that you've got you know loads of first-time cfos that would be they're already in their role and therefore their challenges are slightly different around leadership how they structure the team blah 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 blah. and then you've got loads of head of finance controllers group fpna investment analysts who are striving for that role so that will enable that two sessions will be happening weekly um, which will also help with the demand that we're currently getting. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. And I think that that's something we've got to do because the the challenges of those two groups are quite different, or at least, uh, should I say, the pain points. And very much the, the future CFO is, how do I get that first role? How do I get the make sure I've got the right skills? How do I brand myself properly? How do I look at my CV? How do I cope with the interview process? How do I actually find the role? But then you've secured the role. And as you mentioned, there's a there's a lot of new things that you've got to do a lot of things you probably hadn't prepared yourself for. Um, You've got all those new relationships to manage. It's much, much more than just that first hundred days that we cover on the future CFO program. There are there are lots, lots more and deeper challenges. What about the first time you've got to go in there and actually work with the CEO to rebuild the business strategy? Things like that. So there, there are very, very different challenges that we want to cover. Um, so I, guess- I, I also think that that. Um- yeah, specifically first-time CFOs um, will put their own development on the back burner um, because they just, they're under the pump, they're under pressure and he or she just wants to focus on work, work, work. And actually sometimes that step back and being aware of your strengths and weaknesses and knowing how to cover your blind spots so that you can focus on your strengths will will take the weight off your shoulders. And the earlier you can do that with that awareness of, you know, what you need to do to alleviate your blind spots so that you can focus and double down on your strengths and enjoy your role and enjoy leading the team and being confident in partnering and influencing the strategy, that's, that's worth you know, taking a couple of hours out, in my opinion. Definitely, definitely. And 
Andrew, that, that has been a fa fascinating canter through getting that first CFO role and what we're doing to help folk that are in that position at the moment. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Um, good to chat to you always. And um, yeah, thanks for inviting me on.